to the show today we are doing something new Derek good to see you as always we're gonna try uh, a new segment today where we didn't tell each other what we're bringing in or what we're talking about but we're gonna have some articles and we're gonna surprise each other see how it goes we're gonna see how quickly one another work on each other's feed here right that's right now we've done a similar segment but I think the the difference here is the surprise element. It's the surprise element. That's uh-huh. the whole thing uh-huh. right uh-huh. now uh, we try to keep these focused on things where at least one, both of us should have some level of expertise to weigh in, but we'll see how it goes. I'd like to consider us both experts in a lot of different fields. Um, <laughs> Just as long as I'm not in the courtroom. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how it goes, right? We'll see how it goes, you know? Um, with that said, I want to kick us off here. Please okay? do. And I'm a little skeptical on where to start here, right? Because I have an article that's a little doom and gloom. Mm-hmm. I have an article that just goes to show how mortgage companies are moving with the times, right? And lastly, I have one that I think is complete bullshit. Fair. So I'm gonna give you, the, where would you like me to start? Hmm, let's start with the bullshit. I figured you were gonna go there. <laughs> I figured you were gonna go there, right? Um, this is one I wanna say I pulled off of uh, CNN or Yahoo, okay? Mortgage rates drop amid sig- signs that inflation may have finally peaked. Ooh, right. I like this. So if anyone's been following interest rates, obviously they've been going up, mm-hmm. right? Just last week, we saw a little bit of uh, a little bit of retreat. They started to go down. Just right? barely, right? Like Just a slight adjustment. Barely, yeah. right? You know, if you're at 5.2, you're at a 5.1. Fair. Right. Okay. Um, what I don't like about this article is it's kind of based off bad data, right? And they're going to... Freddie Mac's report on interest rates, which was actually published last Thursday. Mm-hmm. Okay. If anyone's been following interest rates this week, they've actually ticked up a little bit. Yeah. Right. Not much incrementally, but they've ticked up a little bit. Right. So I like the idea of these articles, at least maybe somewhat calling to action and getting people out there a little bit. Yeah. But now when I'm, you know, chatting with clients, they think interest rates are going down and that's not really the case. I don't like the idea that we know inflation has peaked. I don't, in fact, I'm hearing things like you see the crypto market or the stock market both took a hit today because people are actually nervous that the Fed is going to increase rates again in the near future. So, which I would bet on. I'm not really, you know, I'm not a buyer. I'm going to, if this is a buyer sell type thing, I'm selling the idea that we've seen the top of interest rates or the top of inflation and now interest rates are only going to creep down. I think. I probably tend to agree with you, or I think we're, we're going to see a fair amount of volatility with mortgage interest rates for the foreseeable future, at least through next year. At least through next year. So, right? you know, is there an argument to be made that you could take advantage of the rates where they're at now because they're not going to get significantly better or worse in the near future? Yeah, you could probably argue they're going to hover around where they're at, right. right? In which case, if you're just looking at properties, whether you buy it now or in the future, it's about when you find the right property. We're back to a normal market. Absolutely. But I don't know that I buy, you know, now is the time to get in or maybe even that you should wait a month because rates are going to start coming down. Rates are plummeting, right? You know, what, where's the data to support that? And there's none, right? So yeah. when it said inflation finally peaked, I'm like, yeah, peaked. Yeah, relative to what? So like, yeah, right? Like, I didn't get that. And you bring up a funny part, too, is... And I had a note down because I wanted to talk about this today. I don't know about you, but now more than ever, I'm hearing the, I'm going to wait this out. Yeah. You know, I'm going to yeah. see what happens, you know. And let me tell you, how long do you plan on waiting for? 
Well, and I think you're seeing that in the marketplace. And actually that brings me to the first article I was gonna ask you about. Here we go. So the article is all about mortgage applications, right? And the number of applications for mortgages has reached its 22 year low. I got that written down here as well too. Right, so when I hear that, I guess my first reaction is you, you hear that and you see a marketplace that isn't active. We don't have buyers right now because applications are through the floor. Therefore, yeah. prices must be coming down because yep. the buyers aren't buying what's out there. Yeah. I mean, are you seeing that? I mean, I'm seeing a slowdown by tenfold in terms yeah. of just application volume, right? I mean, and that's going to be another article that I touch on as well, too. So we're actually kind of going pretty, pretty, pretty. Uh, we got a good flow here. Going this is on, good. Right? I'm hearing that more consumer sentiment is driving buyers to push pause and Correct. sit on the sidelines. They're too afraid of what's happening in the volatility. Right. So they're just not acting. They're like, hey, let's take a seat back, right? Which in reality, that has worked with some people yeah. in some instances. That hasn't worked for anyone who's tried to purchase in the last 12 months. Right? No, and I think the fundamental flaw that that ignores maybe is that the basis of pricing is supply and demand. So, okay, we can argue that the demand for mortgages has come down. But the supply of housing is so low and recovering, but recovering so slow that even with a bottomed out mortgage demand, there's still not enough houses to meet the buyers who are active. Which is just bizarre to me. Crazy, right? Is, and we touched on it last time. It's like a perfect storm of trying to slow down the market and it's working. Right? Absolutely. Like it's actually working. But it's not dragging the inventory. So it's like, it's solved to one problem. We don't have these buyers buying too much or getting too competitive. We've lost the multiple offer situations. But if you want to go find a single family home in most suburban neighborhoods right now, it's still very difficult to find one. I've heard that they're overpricing properties right now in the suburbs. Yeah. I've heard have you that seen too. that? And we're, we're going to start to see that. That's not just a Chicago problem. I think that's kind of a United States problem. So uh, I actually recently did a, a post about this on my social media that was all about like the top five markets were set for a downturn. Yep. And these markets, a lot of them are in Florida or Arizona or Nevada, places where they've had rapid double digit appreciation over the last few years, unsustainable growth in terms of property values. Now mortgage applications have dried up. So you're seeing sellers have no choice but to drop prices, right? They were so high on the inflated side of things. They've got to adjust. We didn't have that here. Chicago wasn't a marketplace where we saw our market get so inflated that our, we're overvalued or we're overweighted. Yeah. You know, we reached a point where I think we caught up maybe with where mar fair market value should be. But I, we never really went so far to say that, you know, this city is overvalued now and we're set for some kind of major correction. So, and I swear, gosh, we're not doing this, but you just perfectly segued into my next article. Ooh, look at right? that. Love that. So we started off with, you know, with, with where I'm at with mortgage interest rates, right? Mm -hmm. Mortgage interest rates are low. Applications are low, right? It's now becoming a little bit of a buyer's market out there, right? Because the yeah. sellers are doing that. So what are lenders doing now, right? So... UWM, which is a giant lender, they're based out of, I want to say Michigan, right? Mm -hmm. Turns to seller concessions with a new mortgage product launch. Okay. Now, not only they're doing that, we're doing it at guaranteed rate as well too. But what used to be a giant product back in the day is a buy down. And essentially what the buy down is, you're buying down your interest rate for a finite period of time, right? The buyer is buying it down from the lender. From So they're getting seller concessions to buy down their interest rates. Got it. Right? So say for instance, if you're a seller and the affordability or the interest rate is the thing that's turning that buyer away, 
you can offer a concession, which will then go into, think of it as like an escrow account, and then they're buying down an interest rate for the buyer. Mm -hmm. So say for instance, if you were looking to get a home and the interest rate was obviously a hesitation for you, and the seller knows that that's, that could be, or they want to get you into the property, they could do what's called a concession buy down. Meaning they give you in terms of a credit, and then that's essentially buying down your interest rate. So if you were at 5.33 today, mm -hmm. right, you'd be able to buy that down with the seller concession over three years. So you'd start off year one at 2.33, year two at 3.33, Year three at three or four point three three, and then so on to that max mature, so mature rate cap rate of five point three three percent. Interesting. So, and what they put in there is just now in a time where buyers kind of have a little bit of leverage, sellers want them to be right. able to get into the property. This is now becoming kind of cool product that people are doing. So, the number one hesitation I hear whenever we start rolling out new loan programs or ways to help buyers get in for maybe a more affordable way or cut some costs. Uh -huh. Inevitably, I start getting questions from people who say, whoa, 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 this is what 2008 was. It yeah. was just easy access to too much money, flooded the marketplace. This is how we got into trouble. In your opinion, why is this different than that? Why is creating a program like this that allows a seller to help a buyer buy things down slightly different than what we saw there? Well, so first and foremost, this is a product that has been around for quite some time, mm -hmm. right? It's now people are finally starting to package it a little bit. So it's just something being utilized. Now. Correct. It's being utilized and they've kind of shined it up a little yeah. bit. It was on the shelf. They spit shined it. It's back out there now. Got it. Right? Like when I was at Wells Fargo 10 years ago, we did these all the time. So right? this product is really just resurfacing as something that maybe has more value today because the interest rates are Correct. so high. Correct. Yeah. That's saying, hey, interest rates are high. Sellers are looking for a way to get into their property or looking for a way to sell their property. Let's let's solve both problems with one product. Right. Right. Now, I think that the main difference being is this money just isn't coming up out of anywhere. This is coming from the seller. Yeah. Right. This is a seller concession. It's just used to buy your interest rate down as opposed to, you know, supplement some of your closing costs. Interesting. Yeah. So this is in, in my mind, this is the lending world's way of counteracting what's happening with the Fed and interest rates by giving buyers an option that allows them to buy down their rate, right? If the exactly. rate is the reason that you're worried about buying, there's a program or an option available that will allow you to help the sell seller help you buy that down using concession. Yeah, and that's just what it's called. It's called a buy down, buy down, right? And it's a temporary buy down. Usually we see it anywhere for two to three years. And that's a year, that's an annual thing, right? So at the end of the year, it will change and then it'll go to that fully mature rate. It's so interesting. I, we couldn't have made this up any better, but you just led into my last article with this. So, uh, and it, well, I should say my last, I got one surprise one for you that we're going to do at the end. Perfect. But where this takes me in my mind is I just read an article talking about how there's going to be a massive vacuum in the lending world, specifically around the number of lenders and lending providers that are oh, yeah. active. I mean, let's not sugarcoat what this is. This is a very difficult year, particularly for lenders who made the bulk of their money on refinances for 18 months ago. For sure. I mean, and it's funny, my and we'll we'll go into it once we're done with yours. My next article is US banks are starting to go broke. Yeah. <laughs> See, it's the same exact thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and I mean I, I hate to talk about it because it is kind of doom and gloom, but this is what's out there right now. This is the news. 
And uh, sorry to cut you off. Keep on going. No, and I guess where I want to take that for you, I, I wonder how you feel about that. What is it like to work in an industry? And I'm feeling it too, where we're seeing our peers disappear. Some of them that were not ready, some of the institutions that were maybe underfund, underfunded or, or too heavy in debt, they now cannot sustain business in this new 2022 environment. What does that look like for you as you have a paring down of your industry? And maybe more importantly, why is it that you or the guaranteed rate can continue on when other people are full? Well, you know, and that's just it. We see just layoff after layoff after layoff at most, most companies out there right now, mm -hmm. right? I will tell you in terms of how I'm handling it from a sales technique, it's kind of annoying, right? And why that is, is because all my referral partners are getting constantly hit up, right? Banks will offer incentives and things like that. So anyone and everyone is trying anything to crawl right. over one another, yeah. right? There's a part of me that doesn't hate it either because it kind of weeds some people out. Right? You would think that the cream of the crop should survive, right? Those who can do this right will be here when the dust settles. Correct. Yeah. Correct. I mean, I was looking at a, at, a, at a possible team member who last year did $115 million in production. Year to date, the past, I'm sorry, the past three months did $1.5 million in production. Wow. Okay. I looked at wow. his business, 85% refi. Makes sense. Right. Right. Makes sense. But now more than ever, you're seeing some people maybe try another job or get out of the industry, which it, it, it's, it's kind of painful to see. But again, like you had mentioned, cream does rise to the crop, right? They're to, yeah. to the top. People that are going to survive or are going to be out there in this are going to originate mortgages. Well, and when, when I think about this, honestly, why I brought that article up, and you handled that extremely well, because I was putting you on the spot with like, why is your industry losing a lot of reps? But this is why we're referral partners. I'm not worried that your business is going to go under. I'm right. not worried that I'm going to refer a client to you and on Monday they're going to call me and be like, hey, Derek's driving Uber. So go ahead. You know, yeah. so there is a there is a method to the madness of how we pick our referral partners and how you weed down that list so that you get people who are reliable, consistent, and more than anything, that are gonna last when times are difficult. Because oh. it's easy to do good business when times are easy. It's really easy. Let me tell you, almost too easy. But not everybody can do it when it's not easy. On top of that, what I'm seeing a lot of companies do is they're changing their process, mm -hmm. right? We're seeing almost processors being obsolete with a lot of the digital and a lot of the fast track processing that we're doing right really? now. Really? So they're like being rolled into the app or whatever that's being rolled Correct. Out. Correct. Um, I mean, it's funny. You would have talked to me a year ago, the average loan time, 40, 30 days if it's a clean file. I'm telling people right two weeks right now. Wow. So it's it's become, hey, use us because we're quick. Use us because we can get stuff done quickly. And that right. is an advantage, particularly coming out of the market we were just in. Sure, maybe you don't need to win deals in two weeks anymore, but having the ability to do that helps a lot of people make quick decisions. And quick decision making is like invaluable when you're in the real estate process. 100%, right? And I mean, who wants to wait out a transaction for 30 to 40 days, right? It's a big pain in the ass. No kidding. So going along with the article that you had mentioned, this my article, the U.S. banks are starting to go broke, kind of digs a little bit deeper into that, right? So 2016, mm -hmm. that's when these big U.S. banks had about half of the market share, okay? Think of it, your Wells Fargo Chase's, B of That's A. exactly where I was going, yeah. the big banks, Your big right? box retail banks, they yeah. had about half of the market share. Right now, they have a third of the market share. Seriously? Okay. Correct. So more of the business now than ever is being controlled by independent lenders, smaller shops, and you're, you're not your conglomerates. Are they still using 
conventional loan options or are these different in-house options? So these are all conventional home. All conventional. So a lot of these smaller lenders are set up as corresponding lenders, mm -hmm. meaning they're almost set up as a brokerage, right? Hey, you need money. I have worked with about 15 people that have money. Right. Let me be the intermediary between you two. And then those 15 people or whoever are the backing for what they're lending out. Correct. And so no different than a private equity fund of some sort. Not by, yeah, not, yeah. not, not, not far off by any means, right? So now their market share is shrinking, right? These big box retail banks, Wells Fargo is pulling out a correspondent lending. Mm -hmm. Chase wouldn't even do mortgages if they didn't have to, right? Yeah. So and they're very clear about that with their clients. Correct, <laughs> right? So yeah. think about it, Matt. All these smaller companies are handling the bulk of the mortgage business, mm -hmm. okay? Mortgage business is at a 20-year low. You know who doesn't have a savings account branch or a checking account branch? or a investment branch or a mortgage servicing branch, these small independent shops, Yeah. right? So when these other big banks are hurting, they could turn to their other facets or their other subsidiaries to help make money. Right, stay afloat. Correct. If you're solely a mortgage company and you've been ramping up for the past two years because you've done record years and then it just smacks you, this, this year smacked you like a hit in the face, Right? Yeah. You could see why a lot of them are going broke. Well, and right? this has tangible impacts on the real estate market. I mean, uh, two weeks ago, I had buyers looking at a home that was under contract. We basically were told, hey, listen, this deal is going to go through. There's nothing you can do. Two days later, the agent calls me. Completely different story. Hey, if your buyers are interested, we'd love to entertain an offer. We're back on the market. And when I asked them what happened, the lender went under. The lender financing the other buyer completely went underwater. You've heard of that. So like at the finish line of the deal that they told me was a done deal, lenders underwater, buyer has no options right now. They've got to restart the process. They can't do it quickly enough. Seller can't accept the new terms or doesn't want to because the rate's going to be completely different. Like, and they backed out of the deal. And I think in that situation, A, nobody wins, right? Everybody's lost. Everybody's now. true. Time, money, market, it's all bad. But the, the real problem is that that could happen to any number of these lenders, right? There are so many of them that are probably operating on very thin margins. Well, that's just period. it, their credit line's running out. Right. They don't have the capital of your Chase's, of your Wells Fargo's. But then again, they're handling the bulk of the business. Right. You know, so it's kind of like, a, it's a giant cluster of how they're gonna figure it out, right? Well, what I hope this doesn't become is predatory lending, right? Because if I'm a small lender and I'm desperate to get business, I'm gonna start throwing rates out there left and right to get you through the door and under, under you know, signed agreement. I mean, Problem is if desperation can't hold out or if they don't turn that corner, what are you gonna do? Problem is you get caught, your bank is under no matter what. You're under. Right, and I will tell you, I haven't heard, I hear from a recruiter every other day right now and yeah. sometimes it's five times a day like wow. these guys are struggling for business and i mean it makes sense yeah right? we're at a record low for mortgage applications after 12 months 24 months of record high of record high yeah right? so even i mean the adjustment is just so much starker right it's because you went from such a great team to such a poor team it's just like oh. well and i've seen you know i've done this just about 10 years i've seen it happen at wells fargo i've seen it happen at other companies where you see them ramp up, ramp up, ramp up, ramp up, and then interest rates pop up, and they're like, "Okay, everybody's gone. We're overweighted. Yeah, yeah, everybody's gone. Yeah." So I mean, I've, I've, you know, unfortunately, I've seen that cycle a number of times to the point where it doesn't really surprise me when it happens, but it is, uh, it, it's, it's a little, I don't want to say cool, more interesting how quickly some of these big companies can move. Yeah. 
you know, mobilize but, funds, redistribute departments, yeah. refocus their strategy. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, everyone, everyone right now is trying to differentiate themselves. And what I'm noticing is it's all about speed right now. Yeah. It's all about speed. All right. So we're talking a lot about missing personnel in our industry. Right. And I think that leads me to our last article and maybe the most important we're going to talk about today. ESPN power rankings say that the bears are going to be the worst team in the NFL. Yep. Not just one of the worst, the worst. Yep. What's your take on that? So first and foremost, I saw this coming from a mile away. <laughs> I can assure you that, right? Here's what I'll tell you. As a staunch Bears fan, I say bring it on, okay? You um, can only go up from worst. As a realist, I'm terrified of this year. Yeah. Okay? Um, and for a number of reasons, okay? But here's the picture that I'd like to paint for you. Please. Okay? I'm assuming you've seen Saving Private Ryan. I, yes. And the opening scene where they're coming into the beach at D-Day. Yes. Okay? And on that boat, when they zoom in, there's a man puking, there's a man crying, there's a man excited, there's a man getting amped up, okay? I'm all of those in the one person right now. I'm the tyrant <laughs> platoon in the one person right now, okay? Fair. Now, usually I come into this season with very high expectations, right? As a fan, as, as a lifelong fan, as a loyal fan, I find that to be my duty. This season's a little different because my expectations, and it pains me to say, are pretty low. Yeah. They're pretty low. So have I done as much research this season? Yes, I have. Okay. Have I gone to training camp? <laughs> I have. Okay. Am I prepared for this season to be pretty rough? I am. Yeah. I am. I think I've came to terms with it. Okay. The only issue that I'm going to have is that your eagle seem to be looking pretty good right now. Uh, it was an accidental... Uh fortuitous event that the Eagles actually have a roster that looks serviceable. Yes. Uh, we did have a, you know, one or two top draft picks get let go after putting up career stats equivalent to what some people do in a game. But, you know, it's fine. Uh, A.J. Brown, though, you get A.J. Brown, right? You do get A.J. Brown. We got Devonta Smith, got A.J. Brown. Forgot about him. Oh, yeah. I've been telling everyone this year that I'm a Saints fan. Oh, good. I'm a Saints fan. That's I'll, good. Is I'll, it because Drew Brees did so well with his broadcasting? <laughs> I love New Orleans. I do very well in New Orleans. But the X factor for me is Jamie's Winston. Ooh. Give me them crab claws. He's one of my favorite players to watch both on and off the field, predominantly off the field. Him mic'd up is one of the best things you'll see in the NFL. It's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. It's hilarious. I can't wait for his broadcasting Coming up, I'm sure. Maybe this year, but it's coming up. But I will tell you, you, you've heard it here first. My Bears prediction for the year, 17 and 0. <laughs> 17 and 0. 17-0. You heard it here first. We're going to do more of these. I like the surprise article. It just so happened we surprised each other with articles that made perfect sense. So and they literally fit. Yeah, that was nice. That We're, was uh, we, we probably couldn't plan a better show. We didn't do that. If we tried. We didn't do that. Maybe we should stop working as hard on this damn thing. Just <laughs> <laughs> All right. Like, subscribe, follow. Uh, we appreciate you. Thank you for the comments so far. And we will see you next time. Derek, always a pleasure. Matt, my man. Thank you, guys. Take care.